NPR. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darren Woods, here with Adrian Ma. What's up? We've also got Mary Childs from Planet Money. Also, what's up? And the theme of this week's Indicators of the Week is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, I'm not going to say which is which. Uh, You be the judge. Support for NPR and the following message come from Fisher Investments. SVP Judy Abrams shares how their fiduciary duty comes to life while helping clients plan for retirement. As a fiduciary, we must make decisions in our clients' best interest. So we work with them in consultation to be on a glide path so when they want the option to retire, that portfolio is still going to keep working for them at this stage of life. Learn more at FisherInvestments.com. Investing in securities involves the risk of loss. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. When you keep your stress bottled up, it can eat away at you. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to make them better. Try BetterHelp Online Therapy, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp at BetterHelp.com NPR today to get 10% off your first month. Indicators of the Week, Good, Bad, Ugly edition. First up... Mary Childs, what you got? Hi, hello. I have 47,630. That is how many distinct IP addresses researchers were able to identify from posts on an econ-focused web forum. Wait, so that's f- almost 48,000 IP addresses of, like, people? Like, why? what is going on here? Yes. So the paper is about this controversial website, a forum called Economics Job Market Rumors, or EJMR. Uh, I know. Yeah, I've actually you know. heard of this. Notorious, you know. notorious website in the economics world. Exactly. People in the field post anonymously about academic job prospects, who got an interview where, who got hired, but they also post about everyone else in the field. And some of it can be really thoughtful and useful, and it can also be very toxic, racist, misogynist, abusive. In fact, Planet Money did a show on this in 2019 when there was a big study that proved how toxic it really was. I've seen it for myself. Uh, That is not an exaggeration. The novel thing about this paper is that the researchers did some reverse engineering and found all those distinct IP addresses, and they Mm. matched them to two-thirds of the millions and millions of posts over the past decade-plus on this forum. And those IP Mm. addresses contain a lot of information, including geography and even institutions where contributors were posting, as in the universities where these posters are presumably employed in some capacity. Ooh, okay, okay. But but just to be clear, so they're not like doxing people's actual identities and, like, posting their names and stuff on the internet, right? Right. It's mostly not to that level. It's just by city and sometimes by institution. And and they're just trying to, like, map out where in the world these posts are coming from. Exactly right. Okay. Everyone in economics is freaking out about this paper. There's a lot of debate about whether it's ethical to do this kind of research, and all of the forum posters are somewhat obviously in a tizzy. They are very upset about being potentially or in some degree unmasked. They're worried that the authors could go more granular and show, you know, home addresses, which would then reveal their actual identities. As one poster put it, they laid the groundwork for bad actors to de-anonymize and dox. And they're also speculating that this study itself is 
illegal, like breaking the law. One posted that they tipped off the FBI, informed them that a trio of miscreants will publicly admit and document how they willfully violated the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. It's generally for hacking, which Uh this information was all publicly available, so I'm not sure um, if this argument will hold water. Sounds like they're really panicking. It does look that way, yes. I mean, what made them want to do this? I think... It's been something that's kind of dogging the economics profession for a while, that there is this toxicity and this forum that is notorious, as you said. So I think there is real interest in cleaning up the profession from some corners, but also real interest in not doing that at all. So it's a good paper. It's a it's a, a bad topic. The topic itself makes me sad. It's a sad topic. The mm. good, the sad, and the ugly. So let's <laughs> go to some good news. So my indicator is zero, which is how many hours a lot of Americans now will have to wait for bank transfers. These can be instantaneous, whether it's waiting for your paycheck or paying for your gas bill online. Zero hours to wait. That is so exciting. Yeah. I have long wanted to charge my bank interest for that delay. <laughs> I've gotten no response. An interest-free loan that you're giving them. Yes, it is. Right. When they are taking what, like, usually, well, like, a few days to make the money move. <laughs> yes. And the Federal Reserve, it's the bank for banks, it put out its new instant payment system live yesterday. Just a handful of American banks can use it now, but... It's a big deal. If your banks use the service, your paycheck could arrive as soon as your company pays it out. We won't have this day-long wait that we're all used to. I mean, there's always the other options, right? Like um, Cash App or Venmo or Zelle, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, so Venmo and Cash App are different because the the money isn't actually showing up in your bank account instantly. It's just in the app. And you do have mm. services like Zelle, which feel pretty close to this kind of instant bank transfer world. But these are both tech overlays that kind of mask how antiquated the bank transfers can be in the background. It's often worse than it seems on the app because, you know, you can get money appearing in your bank account, but the banks or other financial institutions will often be advancing that money to you, not actually settling it once and for all. That often comes later. I'm sorry, but yet again, that option's not available to me. (laughs) Mary, if you want to open a bank, I will be... I'm going to open a bank. I'm I'm getting in line to, to be a customer. I mean, instant bank transfers have been a thing around the world for years. So what's going on with us? I mean, we've talked on the show about how there are a lot of banks in the U.S., about 9,000 if you include credit unions. It makes these kind of projects coordinating everybody harder. And also, as this idea was getting traction, there was a little bit of a kerfuffle over the bank's own privately run instant payment system. You know, that's been up since 2017. It covers some transactions. Some of the banks didn't want the Federal Reserve competing with them there. You know, the banks want to get some of those tiny fees that these kind of transactions generate. But officials at the Fed said they don't want to rely on just one private system. I can see why they would say that. Yeah. And also you add in fears over faster scamming, faster fraud, the possibilities of faster bank runs. And rightfully, there's been a lot of planning to make sure this new system is safe enough. But I guess the real test will be in the tasting. All right, folks, let's go make some money. <laughs> let's do it. Let's go transfer some money. So we can buy a, <laughs> a... cyber truck. You've been eyeing one? That's right. <laughs> My indicator is $50,000. Uh, that is the expected price tag for the car maker Tesla's first battery-powered pickup truck. After a lot of delays, the first production model of this rolled off the lines in Texas this week. 
And um, just to give you an idea of what this looks like, Darian and Mary, let me just share my screen with you. Mm-hmm. So this is from Tesla's website, a page where you can order what they're calling their brand new Cybertruck. Oh, God. <laughs> that looks like a one of those cop dogs that's going to shoot you. It's like super smooth, a lot of like shiny, silvery metal. Mm-hmm. It looks like a nail clipper. Yes. <laughs> with wheels. It looks exactly like a nail clipper with wheels. So the question is, who is actually going to buy this thing? Uh give you a sense of like the marketplace right now about 14 percent of new cars around the globe have been electric vehicles it's actually lower than i would have thought i know right yeah i mean it's even lower in the u.s even though we have like tax credits and things for them it's about half that tesla itself has been like cutting prices to try and move unsold cars on the other hand this is america and america's love their trucks right and there's even a precedent for electric pickups. Uh, Rivian is this company that has been selling electric pickups for a couple of years now, and they've been selling better than expected uh, in recent months, even with the 70 plus thousand dollar price tag. And Ford also has its own version of electric pickup. So there's, you know, people out there buying these things. I'm going to be one of them once I have enough dollars. Okay. So you're, you're a truck person. I'm an F-150 person. I'm an American. Okay. And sometimes <laughs> you got to put gear in your car. I mean, what I think is interesting about the situation is, like, even though Ford is sort of the king of trucks, it is slashing the price of its electric F-150 to be the same as what the Cybertruck is supposed to sell for. So it seems like it's a little nervous, uh, and there's this, like, little electric truck war brewing. Race to the bottom. The cluster truck. This episode was produced by Brittany Cronin with engineering by Neil Rauch. It was fact-checked by Sierra Juarez. Viet Le is our senior producer, and Kate Kincannon's our editor. The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com switch. Support for NPR and the following message come from Bombas. Bombas makes absurdly soft socks, underwear, and t-shirts. And for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com NPR and use code NPR. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR.